0: Welcome back to another episode of Limitless with Westside a podcast that brings you super inspiring stories of real women and for me it doesn't get more real than this because today's guest started playing at 9 years old football which is a sport actually just known of course for men dominating it and this little girl had a dream she had a dream that got her to play for the state under 15 she made it to the junior London Olympics. And she started dreaming in the slums. Which is an amazing initiative. I'm getting goosebumps guys. Because this girl had a dream and she made it big. She made a name for herself. And not only that. She is giving that inspiration to a lot of young underprivileged girls out there. So much respect for you. Gulafsha Ansari. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Seriously, I when they said that you're coming to my podcast... I was really excited because people do dream and, you know, mm-hmm. of course, nowadays, it's very exciting to see on Instagram, a lot of young girls saying, oh, you know, we, we overcame this hurdle and that hurdle. But when I hear your story that in Dharavi, in a crowded slum, where it must have been pretty hard to really think of like making it big in football and then you actually go and make that happen. That's incredible. So, I mean, first of all, as a nine-year-old, what was going through your mind, you know, and how did that happen? So at nine years old,
1: my family wasn't that fortunate to put me in an academy or something. So there was an NGO So just come and take the kids and take to the ground and then come back. So my mother told like, okay, let's do this. Because my family is mostly Muslim culture. To play football or to play any sports, it's a big thing. But my mother, she told like, okay, you can go. And my sister also can join there. So we went, we both joined that football session. So it was like not only typical football, like how you learn in the academies and all. Like you have to learn passing, technique, anything. It's a sports for development. It's a co-ed, like girls and boys mix. So we went together, we played games and all. But the situation over there was like 10 boys, but three girls. So you can imagine if you'll get chance to play or no. So you were like always excluded. It's not like the coach is excluding you, but it's like the boys or the other teammates don't want you. So this happened and football is the only sport introduced to me. I wasn't lucky enough to try any other multiple sports, but I'm happy that it was the only one. Like this, it was on for like one and a half year when I started playing football, learned football. I was just going there, standing or running a little bit and coming back because I wasn't getting a chance to Play a match. In game, you can be part of it. But real football match, the boys have to choose the team. Mm. So it's hard that they will choose. And you choose lost me. your
0: temper, I heard.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't lose my temper. It was like, uh, I'm not that girlish type of thing. Yeah. But uh, then I was like, why I should wait for my turn? Exactly. Can I just go inside and take the wall and little aggressive, not very much. Well, no It's not
0: a bad thing being aggressive. It's a good thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, on the field, it's really good. And thing. I, I think as a woman, sometimes you got to fight for your stuff. And that's not a bad thing because we have so much of years of that whole thing that only boys play football, only boys do this. And you seem to have really fought for your space. And that's quite commendable. But did you like think ever that football would be your thing? Like, did you sort of grow up and somehow see kids play? And did you ever feel it or just that it happened and then you're like, wow, I'm good at this? You can say it just happened and just God made the path in future,
1: like, There was no distraction after that. It's like I have to work hard for that. But the path was really clear where I'm heading. So it was only football, like team, selection, then college. Then I also went to FIFA World Cup to play. That was my first trip. So first international trip where uh, uh, from an NGO only, they selected four girls, four boys. 32 nations were participating. And there was a separate thing going on fair play tournament where 32 NGOs from around the world will participate there. Mm -hmm. And the motive is to win the fair play cup, not by scoring many goals and all. Imagine you have one team and I have one team. So we both will decide rules. Like I say, when the ball goes out, it's kick in and you say, no, it's throw in. Mm. so we agree on that and later at the end of the match we are sitting again and we are asking my team played fair so you said no your team was fouling or cheating anything then you don't give me that fair play point and i say no your team was fair so i give you that fair play point so that point will make you go ahead
0: wow that's incredible and i heard after that you travel what 13 countries yes that's so cool is it a very different vibe when you travel abroad and how do you feel The international sports arena has treated you. How have they accepted you? How have they shown you love? In
1: 2010, it was my first trip to FIFA. Then 2011, I got a opportunity to attend a leadership camp, which was organized by Olympic football players from USA. So there, I have to choose a project what I can change in the community. In 2011, I was just a child, like 14 or 13 years old. But then I realized in my whole community, why I'm the only girl who's going and playing football or going out of my house. So I'm like, no, this is something I need to work on. So from US, I came and then I started doing this community project where I'm telling the girls, please come and play. Not football, but it's fun, fun fitness or something. So it was like, if you're getting married tomorrow, then come today Take feel of the ground so that you can tell your kids that one day I was on the field. I started this as a project
0: where I wanted to teach girls. You wanted to pay it forward because somebody started that with you and you wanted to sort of get that into other girls. I told my mother,
1: can you help me convince your friends to send their daughter once in a week? So like that, we started with 10 girls. Was it easy getting them? It wasn't. I mean, your mom sounds like an incredible woman. She don't have any background of education, nothing. And we are from Bihar. They came here to earn livelihood and all. But then this is completely different what is today. But for
0: your mom to break all those stereotypes Mm. with no sort of backing herself and having not had that in her generation. I just think that it's such a powerful thing to have someone like that behind you, like your mom, because... That sort of must have inculcated and given you that support. Yes. And it's so important to have that support. And did people join in when she sort of requested mums? Yeah. My
1: mom, she only wanted us to study, get proper education. But I wanted to play. But I pursued both. And then my mom convinced their friend, but uh, the only issue was like, when she used to tell the mother, can you send your daughter? So mother is like, I need to ask father, Mm -hmm. I cannot send her like that. And the ground was not that far.
0: But in a traditional setup, it's hard to break that, you know, and have a dad say it's okay, you know, to send your daughter because there is that fear. I perceive it like that. So what do you think it was? It was like 16 or 18. She just
1: have to go and like get married or something. Mm-hmm. But then what is the point of learning this? Mm. What is the point of exposing her body or anything on the field? What if someone will watch her playing? So I said, okay, most people think like football is all about you wear short pant and you show your legs and you wear jersey and all. So I said, if your daughter is coming in burka or hijab or salwar kameez, everything is welcome. I just want her to come on the field. And if you think then also we are doing something wrong, her mother can also join and sit there. Then if you feel after one, two session, everything is good, then she can continue. Otherwise, you can take your daughter back.
0: And that's a lot of responsibility because that's quite something to tell like a family that I'm taking, you know, your girl under my wing and then making sure that nothing goes wrong on your watch. That's a lot of responsibility. So how did that feel at such a young age? Because what, you started doing that at 15? Yes,
1: I wasn't knowing like it's a big responsibility. you know. I was just following like what I got, I need to teach them. And frankly speaking, I really didn't think of anything which was going with that. Like, oh, something will happen. But I felt like it was only once in a week session. So the girls, they didn't sleep in the night. Because Sunday morning, they have to go to play football, 9 o'clock. If they will sleep, so they will miss football. So this is kind of a motivation which keep me going like I need to continue this. Not at a professional level, but these girls are looking for some physical activity. We continued that for five years in the same community. And then after some years, the whole area went into redevelopment. Mm. So I lost all my girls.
0: Oh, Lord. Okay. And then I heard after that you have... Started the initiative.
1: Yes. Then I was like, in these five, six years, there was no funding, nothing. Even I wasn't earning. Little bit like I want equipments and also there were friends who were helping. But then I thought like, this will not work like this. To run something, we think it's a good initiative and all. But people don't understand the behind work. There's a lot of hard work behind. A lot of hard work and money. Money, which is not to fill my pocket. It's to give these girls Which if I'll tell you, give me money and I'm going to put here, you will say, no, she's going to keep 10 rupees. People are skeptical. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How did
1: you manage to start dreaming in slums? So in 2017, I met my friends and all, and they faced the same problem in the community. So there's a community where we are working in Wakola. There, the problem is father is drinking and all, and mother is going for housekeeping work. And she wants the same for her daughter. It's not a bad thing, but... What if she want to do something else? Mm. She don't have choice. So football is kind of a diversion where people think like only if you study, you can be an engineer, doctor or anything big. But uh, nobody knows like if you do some workshop and all, you can also be a female football coach, female PE teacher Mm. because we don't have in India. So a lot of women should pursue this sports field. Then your problem is solved. You want to play football. You want to earn money. And you're following your passion and the money's coming in the
0: bank. That's incredible because you're giving a completely different thought process that someone's not even thought of. Mm. And again, I come back to the word inculcating that confidence again and again. That is such a big thing that girls need at that age because direction is something that can change your life. And even the smallest thought in their brain that can turn into something massive. You said this incredible thing before we started the podcast of the story of how one of the girls that you know, you sort of Mm -hmm. coached. And today, the fact that she's become a coach herself. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an incredible story. Could you share a bit of that with us? So that girl, she started playing football with us very
1: introvert. Like if you'll ask her something, she'll take a sweet time to reply. And you (laughs) need to be really patient with her. But she learned how to play football she made it to a national team and currently she's playing in the super league so in mumbai we have a light league and super league football league for women and she's playing for super league and recently she did a football course also and our one center she manages everything attendance and everything and she's also conducting sessions with the girls and one more achievement she did is like we also do leadership training it's a US-based organization. So they invited us to be part of that. So this girl, she went first year as a kid. And today she's leading a group of 10 girls, which is apart from football. They're not doing anything related to football. So this year they did a project where they were taking uh, used clothes and making bags and giving to the needy who don't have bags. They won this year also. The wow, that's yeah. a,
0: how does that feel? My God, this is true work on such a humane level It's such amazing energy, right? Isn't it amazing that you're taking something and then you're seeing it grow and grow and grow into something bigger and bigger, giving back also to a society that sort of also put so much in you at nine years old. I mean, I think that's just incredible. That's like, I can't tell you how blown my mind is. I'm like, hmm, list of things that I need to do after I get out of this podcast. You became a junior ambassador at the London 2012 Olympics. Yeah. Oh my Lord. How did you get there? I told you
1: in 2011, we started a project and that project went online and I got 60,000 votes. Wow. I was the winner for that year. It was all fancy. You yeah. got to see athlete playing and everything. It was really, and sitting next to the flame. It was like wonderful experience. How old were you in 2012? Maybe 15, I think. It's too difficult to understand what was happening, what was the experience. But now when I sit and tell anybody, the other person is like, oh, wow, that was a really good experience. I'm like,
0: yeah, it was. You're very humble about it. But I guess at 15, it must have been a lot also to take in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was overwhelming because I can't even imagine, you know, at such a young age, coming at such a high level. That's big stuff. Now, when did you start dreaming in the slums? 2017 17, 17 years. And... What I hear is that you have 100 girls, right? 100 and plus. Wow, that's amazing. And you've started also adding more things other than football. Could you tell us more about that? So we have uh, different programs in our NGO. It's like photography because,
1: again, there are less female photographers. Now, because of reels and everything they want to do. Uh, reels, like, reels, reels, reels. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> a lot of girls, they want to do reels. They want to do video and everything. So here, yeah, we asked my friend to do a little workshop about what are the camera, like GoPro and everything like that. They saw it for the first time. And we don't give everything to them easily. We tell them to do a little research. And if you're interested, then only we can continue that program. So for that, they need to click picture wherever, like they're sitting somewhere. They need to click picture and they need to identify like what is the mistake in the picture. And the expert will guide them how to go forward with that. And again, one girl, she did uh, a live event. She did photography. She got a chance to do
0: that. But like, do you feel at some level inculcating these leadership skills comes with a lot of effort? Do you feel like sometimes you're just like, wow, I mean, how did I get here and will I succeed? Like, I'm sure you have moments where there was lack of funding. It must be still hard. And I know that's one of the hardest things because as much as we discuss this, I know a lot of people don't come forward. How hard is that journey for you? Because it's something that you're doing purely to give back. I
1: have really good friends and team who are really working hard for this NGO. Like I have team of six to seven people. Voluntary they are working to make the community better. Every Sunday they are on the field teaching the girls. That is one thing what is motivating me to take it forward. So now basically what I handle, I only approach to sponsors and all. Please do something or give something good for these girls. And there are team who's working behind it. Earlier, it was me who was on the field and teaching the girls life skill. We teach them through football. But now these girls are doing and the success story like that. So I'm just making a pillar like I'll not be young for many, many years and all. I'll be there to support them. But what if if I find someone younger than me who has the same vision and mission for this NGO, then she
0: can take it forward. They need to make more people like you, seriously. Because this is the only way we can have that effect that it reaches more and more young girls out there who need this. And I'm sure there are many. What are the hurdles that you feel that a young girl faces at that moment? Because when you're working with them, what are the things that you feel hold these young girls back? Because at different levels of, you know, age or society or their own traditions, what are the things that you have to really work which are against getting these girls on board? First thing like why I have succeeded is because
1: my mother trusted me. Mm. One thing is trust. So when you go out to play football or to do anything, our society is like, oh, what if your daughter will run away with someone <laughs> something like this? I told my mother only one thing. You keep trust and faith in me. I will not disappoint you. And I tell this to my girls also. You want to do something, you do it. You share with us. I feel that the more you hold someone for not doing anything, they will do it.
0: And I think a safe space is very important because rather than them go outside and seek the wrong advice Mm -hmm. or go down the wrong path, you might as well create that safe space where they come to you and they look to you and you guide them, right? Yeah, we have photography, we have leadership
1: program, we have scholarship program where... Anybody who want to help, they can help other coaches who are 18 or 19. They can give money and so that that girl can go for her education like sports education or any football coaching license. We have the program called My Health, My Right, where they are learning about menstruation. They are learning about domestic violence through a game. Mm -hmm. So it's not only theory we are teaching them. So most of the girls, they are shy about to talk about their periods because we don't have that type of environment at home where we can easily go home and talk to my mother or something like today i'm on my periods or something we are creating that space where she can open up and she can talk about it through a game mm. and we have seen the difference like my friend she's a trustee in that uh, program we have about sex education also so she cannot pronounce that word and what i did i made her the coach i was like you have to deliver this uh, session with your girls and I don't know how you're going to do it. You find your way. At the end of a few weeks, she was able to pronounce it. And the girls were able to understand it and to understand the whole concept. So I just want to like, if you want to teach something, you get that thing inside you. And no word is a taboo or anything if you don't know it correctly.
0: You need to understand it. But it's hard because if you really think about it, especially in our society, mm. Of course, in the bigger cities now, it's become cool to talk about these things. But if you really go in to the heart of India, these are all taboo topics. And there's a lot of work to be done. There's so much work to be done to sort of combat everything that has already been instilled in us as to the representation of women. I think in general, overall needs to change. And I think you're absolutely changing it. It's all small steps, I think, working towards a much bigger space. But that also comes again, I use I come back to the word with belief Mm -hmm. and confidence, which I feel that most women lack. And I'm sure a lot of listeners out there are like really wondering how is this nine year old girl coming from, you know, a community which is traditional from Dharavi, which is a space which is not that easy to be in. How has this confidence come? I want you to share it with us because even I want to know. I mean, how do you get this energy to believe, to focus? What drives you? See,
1: I just go step by step. If you see about confidence and all, I started speaking English through my trips. In 2010, I wasn't that good. I used to talk in action and all. 2011, again, thoda sa improvement. And 2012, thoda sa or improvement. But through my trips, I got better. I like to observe people.
0: I think that it also shows how you have constantly evolved Mm -hmm. and you're learning as a process. And again, I say this to everyone. If you just come from the start and say, I don't know something and you're just going to give up, right? I think that is so the wrong attitude. The attitude is yours, which is, I have a long way to go. I'm a work in progress. I'm going to learn continuously on the job. It's like a sponge. There's so much Mm -hmm. that needs to come in. I mean, I'm 44 years old and I'm telling you that I still don't think I know it all. I still think I need to learn better acting. I still work on my speech and I still get madly inspired by stories like yours Mm -hmm. because it's what drives us, right? It drives us to be better. That being said, I have to end this podcast with one very, very intense question. Is there anything you want to go back to? Starting with that young girl, that nine-year-old, you... Is there anything you'd like to tell your younger self? I just want to tell one thing. Just go for it.
1: Don't stop yourself like this. What is the outcome of it? If you like something, convince your parents and go for it. Because if you will not take that one step, you don't know what is waiting for you. So I took that step and everything is good now. It is. And you know, a
0: lot of parents out there, if you're listening... Listen to your child, and I say this because we all have been built up, you know, like we come from families which are kind of traditional. Like my dad, I remember telling business, Me jao, or you know, you should be this, or like, you know, can you become a doctor because your sisters are models? <laughs> can you be that one? And uh, we just weren't, all three of us went into the art business. But I'm trying to say, parents also have to listen to the kids as to what they want to do you have something in mind for your child that's amazing but they have something else going on in their brain which will keep them happy which will keep them driven and Gulafsha you did it you you became this pioneer in the football space and inspiring young girls out there underprivileged which is the most important word here it is something I think as a community we need to come and support and not only that on. I hope you get lots more funding that's my abundance wish for you today You know, I hope you just keep rocking it And thank you for being here You're incredible Till our next podcast, which is all about being limitless I'll speak to you then